Hello, everybody, and welcome to Weekend at Dave's PAX Edition Day 3. Another day in the books. Uh, this one the busiest yet. We just wrapped up Saturday, long day, beginning to end. A lot of stuff to cover. Once again, we are doing this in a single take to try to get the information out to you guys as fast as possible. We played a lot of great games. Let's just walk right through it. The first game we played on the show floor was a big one, and it, in all seriousness, was just announced just a few days ago. And I am talking about Cyber Shadow, which is the newly announced game from Yacht Club Games. It's the new game that they are publishing, not developing, mind you. It is uh, developed by a one-man army, Arn Hunziker of Mechanical Head Studios. He did all the art and programming for the game, and music was done by a composer and helped produce by uh, Jake Kaufman, who did the soundtrack for Shovel Knight. This is an interesting game. It is clearly inspired by games like Ninja Gaiden, to a lesser extent something like The Messenger, which was not the hardest game, but again, the same idea where you're uh, a ninja, you're a shinobi, you're running around throwing shurikens and slicing and dicing enemies and you know in, in a 2D platforming environment. We it took us forever to get to the demo because they had one station at PAX on a crowded show floor and a lot of people wanted to play the game. You had an option between two levels, uh, the first level of the game and I believe the either the third level of the game or the first level of the third main area of the game. And the first level was easier. The third level definitely was a tougher experience. And we could see that watching people as we went up to play. People were, the demo had a time limit of 10 minutes and people were maxing out quite quickly. Basically, you have, in terms of tools at your disposal, you have a basic sword attack. You have a shuriken move by holding up on the control stick while pressing your attack button. That'll fling a shuriken. You unlock very quickly a fireball attack that launches fireballs upwards. And... By the end of the demo, you unlock a downward pogo spike attack, and there are promises of plenty of other abilities to unlock throughout the course of the game by beating baddies and get to the, getting to the end of levels, all of which are tied to either attacks or mobility. But in terms of the gameplay itself, it's a difficult 2D platformer beat 'em up. Again, in this in the sense of you know in the same sense of Ninja Gaiden, you're hacking on lanterns strung along the level to get health replenishments, mana replenishments, and, and by replenishing your mana, you can, again, use abilities like these fireballs and these shurikens. There are checkpoints along uh, along each level where you can restore your health, unlock a special power-up like a shield that you can use to also turn into a weapon, send a wave of energy at your opponents. You can get a homing device that kind of flings around you and attacks nearby enemies. So, basically... This is a, a type of game that we might have experienced before, especially if you've played a game like Ninja Guy and if you've played a game like The Messenger, you've experienced a game like this before. However, the game was controlled extremely well. It was catchy, like great music, great visuals. And yeah, it was tough as nails. Uh, I came in, my time was a six minutes and 30 seconds to beat the, the heart of the two levels. So it's doable. By no means is it an impossible challenge based on my time, but again, it uh, it sounds like the demo was toned down a little bit for PAX attendees, so we'll see if the game really ratchets it up. It sounds like a, it's a difficult game, so yeah, I think the game is launching near the end of 2019, if not maybe beginning of 2020, but they're aiming for sometime this year for it to come out.
really positive experience there. Next game on our list that we played was Mortal Kombat 11. Of, of course, NetherRealm's new fighting game. Uh, we did. We scheduled an, appo- uh, an appointment with Sony to do this uh, with PlayStation. We had a good time. Played a few matches. Not not the biggest fighting game expert. So aside from I really enjoy my Smash Ultimate, but aside from that, one of the nice things about Mortal Kombat it, it's always been a pretty user friendly, casual friendly fighting game. And I don't I I'm I, I'm assuming that will not change with Mortal Kombat 11. That said, I didn't have that much time to delve into the moveset of the characters I was playing as, so I'll have to go with the track record for NetherRealm in that in that sense. But Mortal Kombat 11, it was a good-looking game. Fatalities, as I'm sure everybody is, our, you know, everybody's talking about the fatalities. Everybody's always wondering how strong the fatalities are, how gruesome does it get, and of course, they sat, they deliver. Yeah, this is one that, of course, if you're a fan of fighting games, you're already this is already top of your list. So, not much else to say about that. Third game we played was, I think, there's a little more to talk about this one. This is Tunic from Andrew Shouldice and published by Finji. This is a game that is being spearheaded by ID at Xbox, the ID at Xbox program. I don't, I, it's not being published by Microsoft, but it is presumably a console launch exclusive for Microsoft and launching on PC and Xbox One, I believe, this year. It is a really nice-looking, nice, uh, nice nice-playing game. It is a melding of top-down 2D Zelda. Of course, I mean, it's a 3D game, but it's a top-down 2D Zelda game, like in the style of a, of a top-down Zelda, mixed with kind of the combat of a Dark Souls game. So basically, you start off... You play as this cute little fox... And you start off on this secluded part of an island. You you're tr- you navigate across an overworld. You encounter some enemies. Immediately you pick up a sword that's hidden in a chest inside a nearby cave. Very much in this uh, in the spirit of the original Legend of Zelda game. You know, it's dangerous to go alone. You pick up the stick. You start fighting these enemies. You can lock on. You can dodge. Very much in the sense of a Souls game. Very soon after I got access to a sword and a shield within uh, the confines of a more elaborate dungeon-esque environment. And basically, it's, it's kind of what you come to expect from a top-down overworld game. There are areas you can't go at certain segments. For example, I couldn't go over tall shrubbery i could i could navigate through grass but i couldn't go through tall shrubbery kind of like a pokemon game but once i got the sword i could i could cut that down and that eventually helped me get to the shield and once you have those two tools once you have the sword and the shield you can lock on to enemies and you can raise your shield as well with the other trigger to defend yourself your shield has a limited basic vitality the amount of time you could hold a shield up to repel attacks and this is important because again combat is Far less lenient than what you might expect from a game like Minish Cap or Oracle of Ages or Oracle of Seasons, Phantom Hourglass, any of those 2D Zeldas. Basically, if you get hit, you're losing a ton of your health. You also have potions, though, that you can use to restore health. That, of course, has a bit of a cooldown, or not a cooldown timer, but it takes a little bit of time to drink one of those. Uh, Your defense is not unlimited, right? It can be broken. You can strafe around enemies when you lock on. 
you have to be kind of a little more deliberate with how you attack. You can't leave yourself open. You got to make sure to dodge at the right at opportune moments. So it has that feel of a Zelda game, but again, more deliberate combat, combat with a little more dire consequences. And that's something that's presumably been done before. Everybody loves to say our combat's just like Dark Souls. Everybody loves to say, oh, it's our, our inspiration is just like Zelda. But in the case of Tunic, it plays really well, it's cute as hell, and it looks great. The lighting is phenomenal. While we were navigating this overworld, there was just nice bloom effects. Like, there's cel-shaded, the whole, the whole game is cel-shaded. There's some interesting bloom going on in lighting. And then, in addition, there's some absolutely breathtaking shadows that are cast over the overworld as you're kind of traversing. We were in a forest, and so that was reflected in, in how we were traversing as we were making our way to the first dungeon. But that's what really struck me. The demo wasn't terribly long. It ended with a tease of a boss battle. Basically, I got one-shotted by this crazy mechanical boss, which suggests that, again, this game will be difficult. Uh, I guess the, kind of the theme of the beginning of this talk is that, you know, so with, between Cyber Shadow and Tunic, these upcoming indie games, they're going to be not a pushover. They're going to be pretty pretty difficult. But yeah, keep an eye on that. I believe coming out later this year. Fourth game I played today, and I should say, I guess in total I played nine games if I'm counting. But the fourth game I played today is a, is actually a port of a 2015 game. It's it's coming to Switch, and it's not it's not a high profile game really by any means. But it is a bonkers game. I mean, nor do I really think it's it's a super important game to to cover, but it's just so bonkers, and and I've never heard of it. I never heard of the original game. I just had to mention it. It is called Genso Skydrift. It is a Japanese-developed kart uh, racer game developed and published by Ilu Collab, and it is crazy. It is basically Mario Kart Double Dash, but instead of Mario characters, you are playing as magical fairies from the Toho series, uh, shoot-em-up series, and you basically... It caught my eye immediately on the show floor because I saw people playing it, and it was basically one girl... Is, is literally riding on top of the other girl. So, like, one girl acts as, like, the rate, like the surfboard or whatever it is, the, the wave board that's riding, gliding across the ground, and the girls, other girls standing on top of her, um, navigating. And then at the top of a button, you can switch between them, and their, their positions immediately switch. And it's crazy. It's each, each magical girl has their own powers that they can build up by, by going through these speed rings, just like what you'd expect from any modern kart racer but i mean mechanically the game was nothing really to 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 phone home about but it was just the the aesthetic of it the the premise of it was so absurd and so crazy that i just had to give it a shout it was crazy i had a smile on my face the whole time and now that i know it's coming to the switch i don't know if i'll be rushing out to buy it anytime soon but um man that was like so funny like really made my day the next game we played was little more of a serious game played on a switch but i believe it is coming to pc and switch it is called the world next door it just launched earlier this weekend it is developed by rose city games and published by viz media and it was a really really excellent game uh that i had the chance to try out basically the story is you uh there are there are two there's like a parallel world there's the world of the humans and then they're the world of i guess demons or monsters and I guess they get they get together in harmony, and every once a year or once every period of time there is this festival where people are selected at random to or or after some deliberate process 
to go over into the other parallel universe. So this girl was selected from the world of the humans to go into the world of the monsters. And basically she gets trapped there. And uh, it apparently described, it was described by the developer as the game was described as equal parts uh, visual novel and equal parts match gem real-time combat, which really had me intrigued. And it works really well. During the course of the demo, you meet uh, a wild cast of characters, almost kind of Undertale-esque in the feel and design of some of these characters, and it definitely had me chuckling. Well-written to boot. But really, the, the real meat of the demo was playing the gameplay, and it's really unique. Basically, you're on a... You're in a fixed battlefield, like a square environment, basically, and monsters appear. They chase you around the battlefield, and basically your task is to match up different colored gems to create, com- not combos, but to create magic spells that you can then cast. And so the color of the gems that you match together, three or more, determines the skill or ability that happens, the type of magic that you cast. For example, red gems that you match together creates a fireball that you cast that you send directly to the enemy yellow is lightning is a lightning spell that will basically cast lightning on the squares that it, that it occupies keeping en- enemies momentarily stunned if they're currently standing on it when you cast it the blue cast li- like a, a slash attack purple cl- ca- uh, cast a a, a like a gravity orb that it sends to- towards the middle of the stage and green heals you, and I might be forgetting maybe one or two others, but that's the gist of it. And again, if you match more than three, if you match four or five in a row, they don't need to be in a straight line. They can just be. They just need to be touching. Then they deal more damage or heal more. So it, it was really intriguing. Played a couple battles of that before we got to a, a boss end. You know, the the end of a demo, which was hinted at a, a boss encounter, but it was. An interesting combat system. Something again, like this was one of an example of, of an indie that really is playing with some ideas that I never really thought possible. It really feels almost like an RPG that's based around. I mean, not like Puzzle Quest, but like an active time battle game that's based around match three gems and mix you know mash that up with a virtual novel, uh, a visual novel. I think you have a an interesting game there and 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 it was well written i'm I'm looking forward to playing more and thank thankfully it's out now so yeah right now pc and switch i imagine perhaps down the line future consoles in the works the next game that i played was one that really struck home uh was one that i i felt really personal about it's called tales of the neon sea developed by Palm Pioneer and published by Zodiac Interactive. This is a game that I really hadn't heard of, uh, but we walked by it at the, sh- at the show floor, and the art just looked absolutely stunning. It's a cyberpunk adventure game, point and click. You play as a detective, and basically, basically, uh, I'm not quite up to speed on the actual overarching plot, and, and based on the game's Steam page, there's not a lot that the, that the developers have given away in terms of the overarching plot of the game, but basically you're a detective, you're piecing together pieces of this mystery, and what we played at the demo had you going to a bar to interact with some former colleagues of your own, you have too much to drink, you pass out, you wake up in your apartment, and you have to recon- kind of reconstruct what happened, or at least construct a dr- you have to construct a drug to 
alleviate your your hangover or your or your nause your nauseousness, and basically was showcasing some of the point and click uh, adventure esque aspects of the game. So in terms of overall story, I'm not really sure how it's going to mesh, but based on a trailer that that followed the end of the demo, it seems very involved, very th- almost like a thriller. And with some slight horror elements but what really struck me about the game was its setting again it's cyberpunk the visuals are really breathtaking just there's this initial scene where you're walking to grab a taxi and you can see in the background shades of pink and white and yellow and orange and you can see the tiny dots in the back that show like flying cars in the distance and tall distance skyscrapers and it's just like like a breath literally a breathtaking i I have not seen a visual that breathtaking perhaps since that scene in journey in the game in that game company's journey while you're sliding down the the sand and then you see the sun start to set i i I mean just in terms of pure artistic breathtakingness from 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 a really artistic game i don't know i mean i've seen some plenty of great games but this one really took my breath away i'm a sucker I'm going ahead with this theme from from last episode, but I, I really am a sucker for detective games. I'm a sucker for cyberpunk. I'm a sucker for yeah, just those gumshoe kind of characters, and and of course point and click adventure. So that that's all in my up my alley. Uh, yeah, I don't really know too much about how the story plays out for this game or or what we can expect, but I am definitely interested in finding out more. The game is launching on PC April thirtieth. So keep an eye out for that. Three more games on our list here. The first of the three is Kunai, which was tucked in in the indie mega booth or among the indies at the conference. Saw that nobody was there, pulled up a chair, started playing. Developed by Turtle Blaze, published by the arcade crew. Uh, and Kunai honestly really surprised me. A lot of these games today surprised me, but this one especially... It is a Metroidvania game in which you basically, early on, you find a pair of kunai, and that's kind of the main mobility. That's the main hook of the game. So it's your mobility, um, how you get a, how you get from place to place. You can basically, you eventually unlock a double jump. You can jump, you can double jump. It's a 2D you know, side-scroller. But what makes this game pretty unique is that with the tap of either shoulder button, you can latch onto the walls or... or d- the pieces of the environment to pull yourself up or to swing across the ceiling, for example. And it adds a really interesting layer of mobility to what could have been a more run-of-the-mill Metroidvania. And basically the demo, one part of the demo introduced us unlocking those skills and finding a boss, which was on the easy side, but again, maybe that's for the purpose of the demo. Uh, there was a more challenging part of the game that was a time trial mode that had us trying to navigate to a pinata at the top of a, a series of rooms in a, as short a time as possible. And that was a little that was much more fulfilling, required a little more dexterity, a little more skill. You have almost all your abilities unlocked at that point, including a pair of P90 guns that you can use to basically hover above the ground. You still have your trusty kunai. You have a katana that uh, basically destroys... You can attack enemies to restore your health and while dealing damage to them as well. Yeah. So, again, there's not much I know about the Metroidvania aspect of the game. It was a very small sliver of the game. But based on just playing that and the time trial, the game plays extremely well. Again, tight controls is always one of the biggest things I look for when I'm playing a game especially at a trade show like this, because I feel like that's make or break for a lot of these, especially these 2D 
platform action games or Metroidvanias. That's really make or break for this for, for these types of games. And Kunai played like a dream. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's coming to Switch and Steam soon, they say. Uh, whether that's this year, next year, remains to be seen. But this is, once again, another one to keep an eye on. Second to last game we played at the show, Samurai Showdown, developed by SNK Corporation. Uh, yeah, their newest fighting game. Kind of more in the news in the spotlight recently because it took uh, Melee, Super Smash Brothers Melee spot from Evo, e- Evo 2019. But aside from that, we had the chance to play it. And to be honest, it's a lot of fun. It it visually looks a little more like Street Fighter 4 or 5 with the cel-shaded look. But in terms of gameplay or, or, or level of violence, it's definitely something closer to something like uh, Mortal Kombat, believe it or not. It, blood is, is spilt very regularly. Uh, you're doing some crazy damage to your opponent. And by the end, when I, uh, I end up losing a match to, to my opponent, I got chopped, chopped in half with a sword, and I was playing as a, a, a... Well, my guy just was cleaved in two and just left on the ground. Um, the game this, the controls were actually a, easier, in my opinion, to grasp than Mortal Kombat's, at least based on our limited time with the with both demos. Again, that's not necessarily to say that Mortal Kombat 11 is going to be uh, tough on newcomers or, or obtuse or hard to understand. Again based on my previous time with past Mortal Kombat games, that hasn't been the case. Uh, it's just that Samurai Shonen also seems to to really do a nice job of explaining controls and, and being, uh, you know, easy to easy to pick up, hard to master. But I, I expect that from both of these games. It was nice to compare two fighting games at the same trade show, a press event. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, coming out later this year, should be interesting for fighting game fans. I, I, I don't know exactly what to expect, but we'll say soon enough. And the final game I played at Day 3 of PAX is Get in the Car Loser, which is being developed and published by Love Conquers All Games. The developer, I think it's a, I believe it's a single developer who had also made the hateful boyfriend dating games that involve a bunch of pigeons. So that's, I mean, that's such a, at this point, it's almost like it's, it's a really iconic game in, in its own right, so... Just based on track record alone, I think people should be paying attention to this game. But it's basically a RP, an RPG, an active time battle RPG, where you're on a road trip with your friends uh, or with people that you recently meet. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, one thing that really spoke to me while playing the demo was that the visuals really pop. There's a lot of color in the environment. And that, that goes for the characters as well. The characters are not cookie cutter uh, in any sense of the word. The game makes... Uh, definitely a, a, an initiative to use the correct pronouns for each person. And so one identifies as they, one identifies as she, and the other one also identifies as she. There's some interesting, uh, definitely design going into each of these characters, and they, they all look like just fierce as hell. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's cool to see the color of the environments also be reflected in literally, quite literally, the color of the characters. I think the main character is a woman of color, and we desperately need more of those. So that was cool to see. And gameplay was hard to wrap my head around it. The, there wasn't much of a tutorial. I mean, the t- there was a tutorial, but it wasn't the clearest in really explaining how things work. It's basically you slide different uh, decks of, of different moves, so you have different sets of attacks, and you can slide through them to get an instant bonus, almost like a paradigm shift from Final Fantasy XIII, which is honestly, in terms of battle systems, that's a great source of inspiration. 
it remains to be seen whether or not uh, this game is like super challenging. I died. I, I got my whole party got wiped. I don't really know if there's a world map, if there's an overarching story, if, or if it's just hitting the open world and you know facing what battles may come. But it's an interesting concept, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to find out more about this one as well. That's kind of the theme about a lot of the games uh, from day three. Uh, nine games here that I played. All of them interesting in their own way. Mo- I think o- hopefully all of them coming 2019. If not, probably first half 2020 is what the, the it seems to uh, seems to be the trend here. And so it's great to see a bunch of indie games that are not so far out that are either pushing the boundaries of what we expect from a game. In this, in the case of something like uh, Kunai with its unique mobility, or Get in the Car Loser with its uh, really interesting characters or Tunic with its interesting meld- melding of Zelda and Dark Souls or you're just having types of games where the gameplay is, is just refined to a sheen and just controls perfectly like games like Cyber Shadow. So really based on what I've been experiencing not just today but throughout PAX is it's a good time to be playing games because, again, uh, AAA games has has exploded recently and it's, it's more popular than ever. But really, with with this current indie movement, I mean, I, I really cannot keep track of all the great games coming out. And it's just a definitely a boon for, for fans of all genres, uh, fans of games of all types. It's really comforting to see this happening and, and seeing all these high-quality games at this show. Like, the, Hopefully this is just an upwards trend and this continues to happen. But, yeah, I've been thoroughly impressed with everything I've played at, at, at PAX so far. we got one more day to go. I think after uh, Sunday it'll be it'll be tough to, to choose some, you know, a finite list of the best of the best, but we'll do so. And, yeah, so the plan is go in Sunday, play. Uh, play what we haven't done hopefully get some hands-on time with days gone and control as well as all other indie games that looked really awesome there are too many though there are too many anyways hopefully that was less rambly than yesterday's but i have a feeling it probably was not hope you enjoyed regardless and yeah we will talk soon about sunday take it easy